Hey, what's up guys? Thank you for joining me today. My name is Dr. Tom LaHue. I want to welcome you to my channel. This is a channel where we talk about all kinds of things related to the Enneagram and how to be a healthier you, to be a more present you, more present to life. Um, if you're new to the channel, thank you for subscribing. And uh, in the description below is a link to my website. I do offer coaching appointments if you have questions about the Enneagram. Maybe you're trying to figure out what your type is or how you can move toward a more healthy place in life. Or maybe, you know, working on your relationships. Maybe you're in the middle of relationship struggles and you just got questions. Just check out the website and also want to thank my patrons for your continued support. I really appreciate your help in keeping this channel going. All right, so <clears throat> today I want to talk to you about something that's really simple. <clears throat> Excuse me. Really simple but can have a profound effect on, um, on your development as a person. Once you find your Enneagram type and you know, you know what your type is, it's kind of like you found your place on the map. <clears throat> you know those... Uh, giant maps and theme parks that have that little red dot that says you are here or in the mall that says you are here and if you don't know your type if you're not sure of your type um, and you're looking at the Enneagram you will find it of value you will read through it and you'll be like yeah okay that sounds like Aunt Myrtle and that sounds like Uncle Billy <clears throat> but until you know your type for sure it will just be kind of a helpful tool that is interesting, whimsical, um, helpful, but not transformative. It's when you understand your type and you get that nailed down for sure. And you say, okay, I've got it figured out. I am a four wing three or I'm an eight wing nine or whatever your type is. That's when it gets productive. That's when the Enneagram can be really transformative as you begin your journey now now that you know where you are on the map and you've located yourself now the real journey begins okay <clears throat> and some people may ask okay all right so I've figured out what my type is I know I'm a three wing two now what now what do I do okay I read the descriptions I ordered a book on Amazon I read through it it makes a lot of sense I see you know some areas of my life that maybe I haven't understood before why I'm compelled to do what I do I see some of my weaknesses but what am I supposed to do about it alright one of the first things that you can do that really doesn't get mentioned much in the literature that I think is one of the most helpful practical steps you can take once you understand your type and you understand how to observe your weaknesses and and let's assume that you've got all of that and you understand what your dominant wing is one of the most helpful steps you can take is to intentionally learn about and then take steps toward moving toward your less dominant wing think of it like this <clears throat> i like to think of the wings more as pontoons on a boat okay so you're dominant type the type that you are is your boat and okay you get in your boat and you want to get to the other side the other side is your number of health that's where you're headed you're headed to to uh to that place of health that place of uh of integration okay so you're you're in your boat but your boat is not big enough your type is not big enough to make it through life you need two pontoons on that boat to balance you out to steady you out on this water it's troubled water we live in okay 
I've never done a video on my theology of the Enneagram. I probably should do that. Essentially, let me just say that I don't think Adam and Eve were an Enneagram type. I don't think that Jesus was an Enneagram type. I think that they were perfect humans, but we're not perfect anymore. We don't live in the Garden of Eden. Uh, Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden. And so now we live in this world that is stained by sin. We live in this world where there are things to be angry about. The world isn't as it was designed to be. It's broken. It's fallen. Whatever you want to say, it's not perfect. So there's a lot of things to be angry about. So we have anger types. Remember Adam and Eve, when they were cast out of the garden, they felt shame. So there are shame types. And there's a lot to be afraid of in this world. We don't live in the garden. We live in the wilderness. So there are fear types. So now we have humans responding to a broken world. Broken people? fallen people in a fallen world in a broken world and so these nine different patterns these nine different roads these nine different approaches um, exist i think as self-protective ways for us to make it through this broken world broken people in a broken world so we get in our boat you know i don't know nobody knows how we end up the type that we end up whether it's from birth or whether it's from some you know traumatic experience along the way when we are when we are children i've never read anything that's convinced me one way or the other and i don't know that we need to be convinced one way or the other we are what we are so we find ourselves in this boat the seven boat the six boat the five boat and none of them are adequate enough in their own right to make it through this world they're too small they're not big enough um there's too many challenges that we're going to go through in life for one self-protective pattern to be big enough to help us make it through this world. So we have two pontoons on either side of this boat that are there to balance us, that are there to, to harmonize us so that we can then go in a straight line. And the straight line is toward our number of integration. All right. So all around the Enneagram, I think you can see this. All around the Enneagram, I can make the case that you need to consider moving toward your less dominant wing. It will immediately balance you out and help you with some answers to some of your life's troubles and challenges that you've been facing along the way. Um, it will immediately have some practical answers and some steps for you to have a more fulfilled, more blessed, more, more um, 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 healthy life, okay? So let's look, let's look, let me give you some examples of what I mean. Um, one of the common types that I work with a lot is nine wing one. Nine wing ones are very gentle, humble people that don't want problems, don't want to cause problems, and they don't want to have problems in their own life. And so they lean heavy on that one wing of do the right thing, be a good person, uh, don't cause problems, clean up your mess, don't be offensive to people. So they've got that dominant one wing. Well, what would balance them? Okay, just think about it. What would balance them out is if they made an effort to move toward, learn about, and move toward that eight wing. Because that eight wing is there to say things like, look, this is my life. I'm going to control my own environment. Thank you for your opinion, but I'm going to do what I feel is right for me. No, I'm sorry. I'm not going to give up my Saturday to help you move boxes. No, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be able to uh, deliver all of your um, uh, responsibilities and take care of that for you. You have to do your job and I'll do mine. So a nine wing one is immediately benefited when they start to move toward 
those things that we would consider eight and then integrate those more into their personality. In other words, you have a direction now to move toward to balance yourself out. Let's just go on around the line, okay? So what about a uh, an eight? Suppose you have an eight um, wing, wing nine, okay? So there's an eight that is a dominant, strong, um, powerful person who then has that nine voice that says, you know, why don't you just uh, calm down? Maybe you don't need to fight every fight. Maybe you don't need to get in every battle. That nine can temper that eight and basically say to them, why don't you chill out? Why don't you just, why don't you just relax, okay? Maybe you don't need to, to go after everybody you think has, has created some kind of injustice. And think about the other wing for an eight. It's a seven that basically says, man, can't you see the positive side of things? Why don't you lighten up? Why don't you, why don't you look at the glasses half full? Um, why don't you reframe some of these negative stories that you focus on what to be against? Why don't you reframe some things and think about what you could be for? Maybe things are going to work out great. Maybe it's not going to be as bad as you think it is. Think about that. An eight, such a dominant boat, such a powerful boat. Got two pontoons. One is saying, chill out, man. Just calm down. And the other one's saying, lighten up. Lighten up. Can that balance an eight? Absolutely. All right, let's talk about the seven. So the seven want, doesn't want to grow up. The seven's chasing after what they think will satisfy them. The, cha the seven is uh, believing that there is better than here. And so I need to reach out for that which can satisfy me. And that, and sometimes sevens, you know, can, can not really want to uh, cause problems because they don't want any problems for themselves because they want their freedom. They don't want authorities restricting them in any way. So sevens sometimes can be kind of childish. And what is the eight? The eight is the person that had to grow up too early. So the eight immediately says to the seven, look, man, grow up, grow up. You, you know, life is not a carnival. You got to take responsibility for, for yourself and for your home and for your life. And sometimes you have to look people in the eyes and you have to give them bad news. And you don't want to do that as a seven. You want everything to be positive. You want everything to be happy. You want everything to be light and surface. And the eight tells you, look, there are sometimes bad people out there that want to take advantage of you. And you better be ready for a fight sometimes. You better be ready to stand up to those people that might want to abuse and take advantage. And that can be hard for sevens who want everything to be fun and lighthearted and energetic. And the other wing for a seven is a six which says, slow down, man, use some caution. Everything you spend, you gotta pay back. So make sure you're not uh, just fleeing and run away from all of your responsibilities. Make sure that you are there to, to, uh, to be loyal to, the, to the, your connections, to the people that matter in your life, to the people that you're supposed to be taking care of. Um, why don't you think through some of these big dreams that you have as a seven? You got all this uh, ideas of what could be, but you know none of that's going to happen until you get out a pen and paper and you start planning. You start, you start writing down uh, a plan. And make sure you don't disconnect from people and make sure you're loyal and make sure you think things through and make sure you use caution and put some brakes on some of this drive, drive, drive. Because everything you do, you got to be responsible for and people will turn against you if you're not loyal to them and you're not supportive of them. Okay, can you see how both wings could balance out that seven? Let's talk about the six. All right, so the six is nervous, fearful, anxious, wants to stay connected, wants to follow the rules, wants to be on the right team, wants safety, wants security. Okay, and look at what the seven does for the six. The seven says to him, dude, man, lighten up. 
Maybe you could focus on the positive. Maybe maybe everything's going to turn out great. Maybe you should get out on the stage and maybe you shouldn't worry so much about looking like a fool. Maybe 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 you need to get out there and uh, let people see what you know. And don't be afraid of every once in a while you get a pie in the face. That's okay. Uh, sevens don't care about getting a pie in the face if it will raise the energy. And sixes, you know, you could benefit from that glasses half full aspect of the seven. That maybe everything's going to be great. Maybe everything's going to work out awesome. Maybe people are going to love you. Maybe people are going to love what you're doing. And don't be afraid to share your information that you've been gathering. Then think what a five does for a six. Okay. The five says, look, You've gotten really anxious and really nervous and really scared about a lot of things that are spinning around in your head. What's the actual data? Why don't you look at the actual data? Not don't don't focus on how the data is spinning around in your head of what it could mean, of what what it, what it could imply, of everything that might go wrong and what if and what if and what if. Why don't you just get your head above the water and look at what is? Look at look at the way things actually are, not what you think they might turn into, but the way things actually are. And often when a 6 does that, when they actually just look at the data, they can sometimes go, "Wow, you know, actually everything looks okay. Maybe there isn't a problem. Maybe maybe the problem is in my thinking and not in the actual world. And maybe I'll be okay. When I look at the actual data, I realize that things aren't necessarily as bad as as maybe I've turned them over in my head to be. And so maybe I can have some peace. Okay, so let's take the five. The five is an investigator. The five wants to make sure that they are safe by knowing enough and, and being secure in their information. They want to protect their boundaries. They want people to not intrude on them. They want to learn, understand, and then retain, and they want to limit their needs, and they don't want to have to be a needy person. So they feel secure when they have enough information, when they're on the inside track, when everybody stays in their lanes and respects the boundaries, and the fives are kind of over-focused on the data and over-focused on the, on the information and sometimes can be a little emotionally detached. So the six wing, what does it do for the five? It says, hey, great, you got all the research. Great, you got all the data, you got all the facts, but you know, why don't you go find out what real people think? Why don't you go ask some real people? Why don't you see how this could apply in real life? It's one thing to have the data information. It's one thing to have it all sorted out in facts and details and have all the stats and all the statistics. It's another thing to talk about what will actually work in real life, what will apply to real life. Why don't you go ask grandma's wisdom, okay? Okay, go ask grandma what she thinks you ought to do. Go ask your family. Go ask some friends. Go get go interview the man on the street and find out what the common sense of the six, you know, who's concerned about what do they think and what do they think and what do they think before I make a decision. What do you think? What do you think? So the five would benefit if they went out and said, okay, I've got all the data. I've got all the information on paper, but I need to talk to a few people. I need to see how this applies to real life. I need to make a plan with this information. I need to prepare and uh, and organize this information. And uh, that's what a six does. They plan, they organize. And so I need to see how this information could develop into a plan and into a strategy. And then think about what the four does for the five. The four says, great, you have all the data, you have all the facts, that's wonderful. Why don't you lean my way and ask yourself, but what is valuable to you? What's authentic to you? What matters to you? I can see that you look down at your list and you see Toyotas and Hondas have the highest consumer reports. They're the ones that, you know, but then the four is saying, but what do you want? What's true to you? What's, what's 
meaningful to you? Not just what does the data say, but what 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 speaks to you? You know, what what is important to you? Get in touch with yourself, your emotions, your feelings, your center, your core. Don't forget, don't leave yourself out of that discussion. Don't just state information and state objective facts. But, you know, everything is colored by that subjective aspect as well. And going in inward and, and understanding how you feel about things is also real information. It may not be the same thing as objective information, but it's subjective information and it could help you. It could help you understand what you should do in any given situation when you get away from the facts a little bit, away from grandma's wisdom, away from the paper facts, and then just ask yourself, you know, if I go out and walk through the park and I think about this, what rings true to me? What? How do I feel about this? You know, even though maybe I can't prove it with statistics, maybe I can't prove it with with documents and and uh, with with stated objective facts, but maybe maybe things are real even if I can't necessarily observe them in the typical empirical way with my eyes and with my maybe there's some things I learn with my heart okay so let's take the four okay the four is sometimes a very um, um, uh, tumultuous person who's feeling a lot of things they sometimes feel like you know they're starting from down here and everybody else is up here and they get the short end of the stick and they are misunderstood and they want to belong but they don't want to give up who they are they don't want to give up their identity in order to belong and so sometimes they struggle with that feeling of not measuring up and striving to measure up and feeling like they got the short end of the stick and kind of wearing the shame of all of us you know they just feel like they got this necklace of shame around them that says i'll, I'll be the broken person on the enneagram and and i'll do my best to try to keep things together and uh, they feel sometimes like, you know, like they, they've got a difficult task ahead of them to try to live with all that, with all that challenge. All right, so what does a five do? A five says, why don't you get out of how you feel about everything and actually look at the information? Again, like it does for the six. The five says, beckons to the four and says, look, I know how you feel. I know that you feel a lot. I know that you feel this deeply. But why don't you focus on the actual data and not just how you feel about the data? Let me give you an example. What if somebody walks up to a four and says, hey, you did a great job on your presentation last week. I was really impressed with how well you did. Keep up the good work. The four has a wide open door to hear everything negative and almost can't hear anything positive about themselves. Anything positive they hear, they brush it off and they minimize it. And so the four in that moment is likely to walk away and think to themselves, what do you mean I did great this time? What about all the other times? Are you saying that I didn't do well in the past and I only did good this time? And so the four can think in that way and can, can kind of spiral down into that kind of negative way of thinking, of taking in all the bad and, and brushing away all the positive. People sometimes feel like they have to walk on eggshells around a four because of that, because they say something nice to them and the four gets offended by it. So the five would say to you, hey, four, quit thinking so much about how you feel about what was said and focus on what was actually said what did they say to you they said you did a good job so maybe that's what they meant maybe they meant what they said maybe the the information that you heard is the accurate information not the information you felt so come back to the actual data that was in front of you and focus on the actual words focus on what was said focus on the way things are objectively not how you have subjectively uh interpreted those words 
and then the other wing is a three. I did a whole video on the four and three, the M and M, right? So four can feel dark, broken, bitter, uh, uh, misunderstood, and the three, what is shiny, polished, and and out there in the public spotlight, and working on them best, the best self, and working on the persona, and working on the the image, and that three can pull the four wing five kind of out of the basement of all these heavy weighty concepts, these heavy weighty thoughts, to bring you out into the showroom where you can. Where you can present your depth, your richness into the world, where you are more friendly, where you are outgoing, where you are more polished, where you, where you, um, where you interact with with people and shake hands and are pleasant and are charming and and uh, try to be uh, more presentable to people and win people over so that you can share with them the deep things that you have learned and discovered as a four. So the three will help you get up out of yourself and back out into the world so that you can showcase the richness and the beauty that you that you possess inside. Okay, so what about, let's go to a three. The three, you know, can be that deceitful person that deceives themselves into believing that all their awards and all their attainments and all their uh, uh, striving has brought them value. That they didn't have value before, but now they do because of all that they've attained. And so they work on polishing up the exterior, on promoting themselves. They work on uh, putting their best foot forward. They're drawn to the ideal standards. They want to be the ideal standard of whatever it is people value. And so the three focuses on winning, focuses on achieving, focuses on attaining, focuses on whatever they have to think, whatever they think they have to do in order to present themselves to the world as someone of importance and someone of value. And some they're over focused on the shell. They're over focused on the way they appear. They're over focused on on the way people perceive them. They don't want to look foolish. They don't want to look uh, ignorant. They want to look presentable. They want to look ideal. What does the four say to the three? Great, you've accomplished a lot. That's wonderful. Look at how much you've done. But does any of it really matter to you? Is any of it of any real importance to you? Or is it all just titles that you've attained? So you made it to uh, you know supervisor or, or plant manager for Pepsi. That's great. Look at you. You're making a ton of money. You're killing it. You're very successful. Here's the big question. Do you care about Pepsi? Do you even drink Pepsi? Do you care about the products that you're promoting? Or are you just an image to sell stuff? What's true to you? What matters to you? What's important to you? There's a whole depth of richness that's that's in the center of you that you've got to develop. Don't just develop the outside. You need to develop the inside. Don't be a chocolate Easter bunny, okay? Which sometimes threes can be. Smiling on the outside, looking shiny, looking sweet, but then when you crack them open, what? They're hollow on the inside. The four says develop the inside. Develop the inside. What matters to you? What's important to you? What's real to you? What 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 do you care about? Not just winning, but why do you want to win? You get to the top of this ladder, is it on the right wall? You need to make sure that you're on the right wall, that you don't just get so focused on, on setting goals and attaining goals that you, that, you, that you forget to do something important with your life. And then the two wing, what does it say to the three? Man, care about somebody else. Get your focus off of yourself and turn your focus on other people. Care about other people. Don't just... Don't just get this position so that you can look better or so that you can get that better car, so that you can get that raise. Make sure that you're using your talents, your abilities, and everything you're acquiring. Use it for the betterment of others. Focus on focus the spotlight on other people and, and influence them. And use your talent, your superpower of accomplishing things for the benefit of others. 
uh, get the focus of the attention off of yourself solely and put it onto others and put the spotlight on them and what can you do to impact their lives and make their lives better. Beautiful stuff. Okay, what about the two? The two can sometimes, you know, what they have this sort of strategy that if people need me, then they'll love me. If I can get people to need me, if people see my value and my worth by all that I do for them and how uh, friendly I am and how much, how connected I am to them, then I will feel valuable and I will feel like I have worth. So I'm not like everybody else. I'm kind, I'm sweet, I'm generous, I'm hospitable, and I'm loving. And the three says to them what? okay, maybe you need to get the spotlight off of everybody else for a little bit and turn it around on yourself and what can you do to improve you? Don't let yourself go in your attempt to take care of everybody else's needs. You need to work on yourself too. Life is not just about focusing on everybody else and what they need and how you can be there for them and how you can take care of them and help them and do for them. You also need to turn the attention back to yourself and work on self. It's not, it's not wrong for you to, to take a class to better yourself. It's not wrong for you to pursue an interest that you have, that you enjoy, that's just because you enjoy it. Don't, don't neglect yourself at the expense of taking care of everybody else. Do you know any twos that need to hear a message like that? The three is ready to tell you that. And then look at the other side, the one. The one wants to tell the, three, the, tell the two. I'm sorry, I don't know if I said three and two right there, but can you imagine twos that need to hear that message from the three? Yes, the three is ready to say that. Listen to what the one wants to say to the two wing three. It says, great, you're very helpful, you're very charming, you're very, uh, you're, you're very kind, you're very friendly, you're very outgoing, but you know, that's not always the right thing to do. You know, sometimes people need consequences for their behavior and they don't need you to rush in to, to mop up all their mess. Sometimes people need to live with the consequences of what they did. They'll never change if, if life's not painful for them and you're rushing in and helping them isn't necessarily helping them. So why don't you do the right thing and not just the nice thing? Maybe you need to sometimes think, is this nice thing the right thing? You know, picking up the homeless guy and driving him across town is a nice thing to do. Is it the right thing to do? That's a different question. You know, maybe you're endangering yourself or endangering your family by doing stuff like that. I understand you want to help. I know you want to take care of people. I know that you want to be a nice person. But sometimes you need to focus on what's the right thing. Because nice isn't always what's right. Sometimes people, sometimes evil people you shouldn't be nice to. I'm not saying homeless people are evil, but okay. But there are evil people out there that will use and take advantage and brutalize you. Don't be nice to those people. Um, you need to do the right thing and have boundaries. You know any twos that need boundaries? Hello. Okay, so some do. All right. Um, and then when a two gets upset, you know, they don't want to talk it out. And so maybe they'll they'll be quiet and they'll be passive and they, they don't want to be displeasing to anybody. And the one says, speak up for yourself, man. You've got a problem, say something. If you got That's the right thing to do, that you ought to speak up. You ought to take care of and handle your problems. So the one can really balance out that too, who wants to be nice, who wants to be kind, says, wait a minute, sometimes you need that police officer mindset of just do the right thing and people need to pay the consequences for what they did and, and cleaning up Junior's room for him because you're a nice dad or because you're a nice mom isn't necessarily helping him. Maybe giving him consequences. Man, that's one language, isn't it? Give people consequences for their, let them, let them experience the, whatever man sows he reaps. So let them experience his consequences. And that might be the most helpful thing you can do is just back up. And, and the most help you can give is let them experience what happens when they don't take care of their responsibilities. Okay. So what about the one? All right. So the one, you know, is very much, uh, um, um, 
should and ought and do the right thing. I want to go to bed at night and be a good person. I want to go to bed at night and have done the right thing. I want to feel good about myself, that I'm a responsible, dutiful citizen, and I'm not a problem to people, but I make sure people are held accountable, and I make sure I hold myself accountable. And, uh, you know, the speaking style of the one is preaching, and so they proclaim to everybody, what this is what you ought to do, and this is what you should do, and what's wrong with the world today is that they don't do it like this. And Okay, so look at that. The two, on the one hand, says to them, why can't you just be nice? Okay, you know, sometimes in your rightness, you can be wrong. Sometimes being right and doing the right thing and being focused on making sure that you don't compromise your principles isn't loving. You know, maybe maybe you got a dad who's very angry with his daughter because his daughter's made a mess of her life. And so he's got his arms folded and she's not welcome back in this house and she's dead to me and she's and she won't follow the rules of the house. And she does. Okay, that's very one stuff. Right. And the two is next to you saying, have some compassion, man. This is your daughter. Have some compassion. Look, this world is broken and hurting. They're not always going to follow the rules. They're not always going to do what's right. And you don't always follow the rules. You don't always do what right. You pick and choose parts of your life that, that you present as though you follow all the rules. But there's other parts of your life where you got some messes that you don't want anybody to know about. Hello, why do I know that? Because you're human and all of us have fallen short, missed the mark, so we've all got room to grow. But look at you standing there tall and straight and strong like you don't ever do anything wrong. And the two is saying to you, have some compassion, man. People are messed up. Yeah, but so are you. So is everybody. So you got to love people. You got to love people as they are, broken as they are. You got to start with people where they are. And being angry that people don't measure up isn't always the best way to deal with people. Sometimes you got to just love people in spite of all their brokenness. And if you really want to, if you really want to be a good person, then be a loving person. Have some grace on people. Um, Speak the truth in love. All right. Come with grace and truth. Grace and truth. You got to have that grace of the two, that kindness of the two, the compassion of the two that wants to help people more than wants to be right all the time. And the other wing on the one is what? A nine, which says, man, can't you just calm down? Why do you, maybe nobody wants to hear your sermon today. Maybe nobody wants to hear all of you, all of you, you owner of the truth. Maybe nobody wants to hear your message today. Maybe the best thing you could do is be quiet. Maybe, maybe the best thing you could do is not say anything. Maybe all these problems in the world might solve themselves without your input. Maybe you could get somebody else's perspective. Nines are masters at understanding people's perspective. Maybe you could look at somebody else's perspective, put yourself in their shoes rather than think that everybody needs to conform to your standards. Maybe you could try to see the world from their point of view. Maybe nobody wants, maybe, maybe the best way to deal with this problem is to not deal with the problem. Maybe just let it go. Maybe don't have, get the last word. Maybe don't enforce all your rules. Maybe you could just chill out. Maybe you just calm down and relax a little bit. Same thing it says to the eight, right? And that nine needs both sides. They need that one to say, if you're a nine wing eight, you need the one to say to you, get a list, set some goals, set some priorities and and get the big things first, nail those, knock those out first, and then do the lesser things. What do nines want to do? They want to avoid the big things by doing all kinds of lesser things. And the one says, no, 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 no. We're going to cut the grass first. We're going to eat our vegetables first. We're going to clean our room first. And then... We have free time. Then we can have dessert. So the one wants to structure and organize that nine and say, don't don't put off 
till tomorrow what you can do today. Get it done today. Get a plan. Get focused. We got a nine wing eight, you know, that's sitting back and and waiting for uh, you know a sign from God as to when they should when they should move to action. And lean on the one. The one's telling you get to action right now. Get a to do list. Make your bed. Write down the goals and put them in prior prioritize them and move them up and check them off one after another as you accomplish those goals. Do that and you'll have real peace in your life. You want peace, you want comfort, you want tranquility. Get your goals done, get your work done, and then lean on the eight to tell people, get out of my space. I can't pursue your life and my life. I've got to take some ownership of my yard, take some ownership of my life. So hopefully you can see, wow, today I don't know where all the fire came from. I like it. I'm a seven. I like all the intensity and the energy. I don't know where all the fire came today. I haven't done a video in about, uh, I don't know, a week or two. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's all stored up in there and ready to come out. But anyway, so hopefully you can see that just moving to your less dominant wing is a great place to start. After you've learned about your type and you've learned about your dominant wing, then it's really helpful to learn about your less dominant wing and put both pontoons in the water and balance out. What happens when you only have one pontoon in the water? You're gonna you're gonna maybe go in circles, okay? I tell you what else will happen is you. It's impossible for you to just live like that with one dominant wing. You will slam down on your other wing when when life isn't working for you. That's what you will do. You'll slam down on it, okay? For example, think if you're a, a nine, okay, and you you try to be a nine wing one. You try to do the right thing. You try not to be a problem. You try to uh, keep everybody from from being a problem for anybody and you try to go along with everybody well then eventually people will get in your business and they'll start pushing on you and you'll try not to make it a big deal about it but then eventually you'll get enough of it and you will slam down on the eight and, and you'll lose it and you'll say oh my goodness will you leave me alone i can't take it anymore i gotta get out of here it's like okay see how you slam down on that wing what if you just intentionally gradually moved out there and tried to develop that Try to learn more about that less dominant wing and try to incorporate, there you go, incorporate more of that into your personality. Be mindful of what it would look like to incorporate more of that less dominant wing into your way of thinking. And chances are, it'll have a lot of answers for you about what what's the next step for you in life. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate your support. As always, be present to life. I'll see you next time.